0: Welcome to the Dead TV Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the canceled television shows in the science fiction, fantasy, and horror genre, and animation. And I am your host, Dr. Chris.
1: And I am Mr. Seneca.
0: And today we will be talking about Spawn Season 3, Episodes 1, 2, and 3, or as on the DVD is also called Spawn, The Ultimate Battle. Not quite sure what The Ultimate Battle is, because that doesn't happen in these three episodes. (laughs) These three episodes... Uh, All right. In Norway, uh, the flight, first... the, in these three episodes, the, just a lot of spawn madness, and almost kind of goes nowhere until the last three episodes of the entire show. So uh,
1: this was very interesting because also we have a very low, low, low body count.
0: It just it just kind of sets up stuff for the rest of the season, which then ends up going nowhere because the show was not renewed for season four. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh in other spawn news this week, Jamie Foxx was cast as uh Al Simmons in the upcoming R-rated uh horror spawn movie.
1: I'm kind of excited about that. Jackie Foxx is a uh, great actor.
0: He's a good actor, but he is not a horror a- icon. Nor is he like a- nor does he have any type of horror credibility.
1: Hey, you know, I'll give him a chance, get some legs under him to get that horror genre. You have to have to do it once for the first time somewhere
0: I don't know what? I just don't think that he is not a heavy in terms of like muscle either and uh, you know I, I kind of think you need a big guy to play Spawn and after his bout of playing Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 I don't have a lot of credibility for him to play a superhero again
1: well I mean he was a villain in that one
0: yeah and Spawn is kind of a villain too uh,
1: yeah yeah he's he's a hero when he wants to be most of the time he's just a whiny little bitch
0: I don't know. I I'm just not quite seeing it. And again, there's not a lot of people asking for a Spawn movie other than Todd McFarlane, which is probably why well, he's financing it and making it himself because there's no studio that wants to make a Spawn movie.
1: Well, he'll he'll get my fifteen bucks. I'll,
0: we'll see. I was at a I was at a convention uh, today called Classic Con. They were. They want to be all about just old-school comic books. They just want to be about comic books and nothing else. No no big celebrities. Of course, they had an actor there who had been in, I, I don't want to say all three, but he was in most of the prequels of the Star Wars saga playing five different aliens. So so much for just being like about <laughs> comics. <laughs> you had a Star Wars actor there. You know. Anyway, the, the point is, um, on the table of one of the vendors... They had copies of Spawn Endgame. And Spawn Endgame is a comic book storyline where Al Simmons blew his head off and killed himself. And uh, the the person who discovers the body is Clown. And he's like, oh my god, he did it! Holy shit, he fucking did it! He killed himself! And Spawn (laughs) is just found dead in an alley with his head blown off. Now... This storyline was to set up Al Simmons to be no longer Spawn and this new guy to be spawned, this, this white guy, I don't remember his name. This guy becomes the new Spawn. He doesn't become like barbecue Spawn. He still looks the same, but he gets um he becomes the new Spawn. Now, over in um the rest of the Image Universe at the time that this happened, Image was about to be se- about to uh celebrate their 20th anniversary. And they got everyone involved who had ever been involved with Image to come back and draw their characters, or a new character, if their characters were already licensed off somewhere else, to be in this multi-part Image storyline. We had Eric Larson's Savage Dragon. We had Jim Valentino's uh, Shadow Hawk, We had, um, I think Jim Lee was drawing, like, uh, Cyberforce or something because uh, Ripclaw was involved. The cover had, like, uh, it was supposed to be a five-issue series called Image United. And they even allowed Robert Kirkman to write the whole thing because he was basically um the new Golden Boy at Image Comics mm-hmm. having launched The Walking Dead and yep. and Invisibles, which was kind of like Spider Man meets um the uh Green Lantern meets uh Peter Quill's story in Guardians of the Galaxy before there Is were that re- is
1: that the Chaos Magic Group?
0: No. That, okay. I don't know what that is. Um So, everyone drew their own characters in the comic. The comic book only got to issue two, I think. (laughs) It got to issues... There was an issue zero, and then there was issues one and two. At the end of issue two, it was revealed who the big bad villain was. It was Al Simmons. This character that was created for the miniseries itself, uh, that was being drawn by Jim Lee was supposed to be the guy who was supposed to round up all the heroes of the Image universe like Spawn, like like the new Spawn and Savage Dragon and Riptide and like Shadowhawk and any of the other mm-hmm. Image characters like Witchblade I think was involved too. Yeah, Witchblade was involved. Madman um, to help fight the ultimate evil was coming and it was revealed to be uh, the new Lord of Hell Al Simmons in the ult- in- he was now called the Omega Spawn and he basically looked like Spawn c- crossed with the Malbosia. Like okay, horns. so he looked
1: even more metal than he already does.
0: Exactly. And that was the last we saw. That was the last we know of the story. Apparently, somebody just couldn't get their artwork together on time, and a lot of people blame Todd McFarlane. Um, Eric Larson has gone on record several times and said, All my art my all my artwork was turned in way ahead of time. There was an image united book that was supposed to be drawn by the individual people uh and their creators their creators for the 15th anniversary, which never came which never came out on time. It came out, like, two years later. Why are you putting out a 15th anniversary book two years after your 15th anniversary? But I digress. The point mm. is, what we got was... Or, sorry, 15 years? The, the 10th anniversary. In that, we finally got the long-awaited origin of Savage Dragon, um, and we also got uh, the story where Spawn's wife finally learns out who he is.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: And... Once again, that book took forever to come out. It was actually sitting at a table at the Comic-Con this weekend. And I I should have picked it up, but I didn't think about it. Um, because I've, uh, th- Eric Larson eventually republished his short in there about Savage Dragon's origin as an issue zero for Savage Dragon, um, revealing that he used to be this horrible, uh, monster, despot dictator of an alien race. And his people got so tired of him that they killed him and blew his brains out. Now, he has super regenerative healing factor, so they knew he was going to be able to regenerate his brain, but if they blew it up enough and they forced like all these Earth memories in there, it would regenerate in a way that he wouldn't remember anything about the alien race, and when he landed on Earth and he woke up, he would only have the memories that they implanted in there from all of the uh, subliminal messages that they put in there.
1: Okay, all right, so they're going by a, a little bit more scientific version of regeneration.
0: Correct. The thing is, with Savage Dragon, for years, nobody knew the origin of Savage Dragon. Eric Larson always kept it on the lock and key. It was just mm-hmm. it was this, this guy with green skin and a fit on his head found in a burning field, and that's it. He just had memories of the last few years. That's it. He couldn't remember who his name was, where he lived, if he had a wife and kids, nothing. And he just accepted that and eventually became a police officer. But it was revealed he was this evil alien dispot. Now, when he was chewed up and spit out by some monster and his brain grew back. It became the Emperor Kerr, which was his original name, and he just tried to take over the planet Earth.
1: (laughs) Still doesn't make him any less attractive to me. So, Mm. going back to Spawn,
0: (laughs) a long story short, which it really hasn't been, I understand. Spawn's Endgame miniseries, not miniseries, uh, uh, storyline was sitting on this this vendor's table, and it was going, and uh, he had a $100 price tag on it. And I was like, whoa, why? This is Spawn Issues 191 through 198. And I was like, why are these $100? Are they really worth that much? And he said that after Issue 100, Image cut the printing of Spawn comic books almost in half or more. So any comic book of Spawn printed after Issue 100 is, like, insanely hard to find because the print run is so low after Spawn's popularity just shot right into the toilet. Wow. So, issue one, after Issue 100... Up to, I think we're currently up to past I think we're up to issue like 260 or something like that.
1: Well, you know what that means. Everybody has to scour their local comic book stores and take a look at the back issues for Spawn. I had
0: a bunch of issues with Spawn for a long time, and then, uh, again, my my interest in Spawn completely went away, and I got rid of a ton of them. I do, I do still have, I think, the first maybe 20 issues or so, but after that, they're, it's whatever storyline I was still interested in, including issue 100, which... Uh, was the death of Angela by the Malbosia. He sliced her in half, and then and then Spawn killed the Malbosia and took the place his place as the uh, Lord of Hell until he just didn't want to do it anymore. So, long story short, the character that we're going to talk about in this replaces Angela because of a lawsuit I've mentioned in a previous episode between Neil Gaiman and Tom McFarlane.
1: Yeah, that's Jade, right?
0: Yeah, Jade replaced Angela as the... Uh, Angel Bounty Hunter, which she was introduced in the beginning of the animated series and is never seen from again. Mm -hmm. Also, now we're calling her Celestial Beings because we can't can't call her like a a Hellspawn Hunter Angel Warrior Babe. (laughs) With her gold (laughs) bikini, which is basically what Angela wore. Now she kind of wears this gold bathing suit, corset, tunic-looking thing when she's hopping around with Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Always hot, but I'm not sure that's... Battle appropriate. No,
0: all right. So go on with the episode. Sorry. All right. Introduction.
1: Okay. So, uh, season three, uh, episode one, the Mind Killer, originally aired May twenty third, nineteen ninety nine. Spawn is tormented by nightmares of a medieval black knight hunting him and demanding that he acknowledge which master he serves. A mysterious prisoner is introduced. We find he is being held by Jason Wynn.
0: The um Black Knight, I thought it was interesting that we're covering this now because uh recently just launched, uh for two ninety nine you get a thirty two page full comic book with no ads. Uh Spawn Medieval uh Medieval Spawn Witchblade uh just came out, issue number one. This would be like the second miniseries as there was a prior mini series. And he looks very similar to uh the Black Knight in this, who's revealed to be Cogliastro.
1: Yeah, that whole uh As soon as it was revealed, I I had to take a step back and, like, say, really? Like, I actually did audibly say that to myself, because I just did not believe that they would go that far out into wackadoo country.
0: The reveal that he's also Merlin the Magician? Yes! Yeah. Merlin the Magician's been tied into comic books in several different ways. Either he's been a character onto himself... Or he's been, like, the character who backs up the other characters the, to progress the plot line along. The most famous being, in DC Comics, Merlin Magician is responsible for creating Etrigan the Demon, uh, who we have talked about before, um, who was in the Justice League Dark animated movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he has that rhyming thing about him, and he's bonded with Jason Blood, who basically betrayed uh, King Arthur to uh, yeah. sleep with um, Morgan Le Fay. So then Merlin... Um, as punishment for his betrayal, bonded him to a demon and made him immortal.
1: Yes, I remember that. Yeah. That was good.
0: And um, Merlin was also involved with uh, sending Doctor Doom and Tony Stark back in time, and one of the two best issues of Iron Man, in my opinion, that I've ever read.
1: Well, my my whole issue with it is that whenever there is a case of high sorcery or whatnot, they automatically just directly go to Merlin.
0: Yeah, it's,
1: like, there were more sorcerers out there than Merlin. Yeah. You know, why not use Morgana Le Fay? Why not use any of the hundreds of other uh, witchy, sorcery, wizardy type of, of characters? Why does it always go straight to Merlin?
0: Now, Spawn also takes off his mask in this episode, and we see that part of his face is looking pretty normal. Um,
1: yeah, it's almost like the reverse Phantom of the Opera look.
0: Yeah, which when we get to the end of this whole podcast uh, tonight, we will explain more about that. But it's not really explained why this is happening. By the way, it's just happening. The costume is repairing his face and his body. Is it Malboja who's doing it? Because of what happens at the end of the third episode of season of season three, I don't know. Well, we'll get there. Um, this guy, uh, frock, frock, frock. Faulkner? Frankner. The guy that's in the prison that Jason Wynn has at the POW camp.
1: Oh yes, yes. The one that's uh Spawn's repeating, "Don't let the demons take you?"
0: Yeah, Spawn's old buddy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um he like that first scene when you you first uh have that opening and you're seeing him in the prison cell. I really liked the artistry of that scene. Uh, they have things in the foreground and in the background and then the the character in the middle there and it has like this racking out effect that's just really awesome. I wish that more of that type of effect or that drama could be inserted uh other places in the episodes, but that right there I think is just great cinematography
0: that character um that uh spawns old um old buddy from the you know the mm-hmm. Um, major forsberg sorry that 's his name Major forsberg uh played by Robert forster uh, He comes from that plot line that 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 plot of spawn stories where I told you where spawn came back from hell and after he saved Terry's life and he had, he used up the rest of his powers and he mm-hmm. comes back and him and Terry reunite as you know good friends, and the issue ends with their their hugging embrace, and then him and Terry go on a, like a mad quest to take down Jason Wynn, like targeting every single thing of Jason Wynn's the the guy uh, who plays Forsberg is played by Robert Forster. He has been in several cartoon series and television series. He was on the TV series Heroes. He was on The Grid. He was on... Oh, um, uh, God. His career goes all the way back to 1967. Um, wow. He was on Justice League Unlimited. He was the president of the United States. Um, he was on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He played Jack Kurtzman... If I remember correctly was uh the name of uh Jack Kirby. I think that's Jack Kirby's real name.
1: You know, I'd have to look that one up.
0: Oh, and he was recently on uh Twin Peaks as Sheriff Truman. Oh. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, so that actor has been around and he's still working today having again been on the most recent uh the revival of Twin Peaks. That's cool. Definitely. Yeah. Now, no, oh, no I, have to, I have
1: to mention one thing in that beginning uh, scene that is absolutely disgusting, and it's HBO, so of course they showed it. But that major, he eats a cockroach right in the right in the beginning scene, yeah, and uh, I know it's done mm-hmm. to prove just how terrible this tormenting prison is. But oh, I've got I've got a thing against cockroaches, so that was really just oh, it grated on me.
0: Then we get this stupid plot line of the, uh, them knocking over the old man at the convenience store that they used to be friends with because they're thugs. And they so they just kill that old guy. And then they go into the alley to kill the college boy because they don't like the way he's not handling it. And Spawn kind of watches the whole thing play out, stops time, but allows him to get killed anyway and then leaves. And it's like, wow, that entire thing was not necessary to prove a point that Spawn's an asshole.
1: Uh, yeah yeah spawn not a good superhero even an anti hero at all
0: there's one act character there's one voice actor who plays pretty much everybody in that scene frankie sykes uh sykes bone um sleazeball. His name is John Dimaggio, which sounds like uh Joe Dimaggio uh-huh but uh he's best known for playing uh crosshairs in the transformer uh michael bay films but also have been on uh American Dad adventure he's been in every episode of adventure time he is best known as playing Jake
1: Oh so he's the main also character. Bender on Futurama as well
0: Yeah he's the main character Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he has a long standing uh voice acting career uh played several Jawas and several Lego uh Star Wars productions but yeah the guy who plays all the uh uh, pitiful uh, thugs in the alley who kill their friend is all played by the same guy who, best again, known for playing Jake on Future on, uh, sorry, on Adventure Time.
1: Wow, they they actually mixed it up pretty well because I thought those were separate people because of how they kind of spoke over one another.
0: Definitely. All
1: right, so yeah, the the old man that they have known their entire lives, uh, they uh, Frank, uh, not uh, Frankie, Petey, Petey kills him. Just to kind of prove how badass he is, I guess.
0: It doesn't make a lot of sense. It really has nothing to do with the rest of the episode or the plotline of Spawn, other than to prove that Spawn's an asshole because he could have like taken all those guys out without killing them and, you know, frightened them away.
1: Yeah, yeah. We go through basically a flashback that Spawn has of uh, a torture that he witnessed of his friend in the military. Uh, lots of gore and there's descriptions and whatnot of it. Um, very very brutal, but they didn't. He didn't give up any information, and then yet it turned out that the information that he had was false anyway. So I think Cogliostro is trying to guilt him into feeling responsible for that.
0: Mm. Uh, and that's pretty much
1: it. That's that's. Yeah. It was. It was a pretty straightforward episode. These, these punks took up most of the time and then uh, just some nightmarish Spawn whiny times. <laughs> um, oh, but I do have to give kind of an epilepsy warning to everyone on this episode. The first couple of scenes with the nightmare, it's very flashy and, I, you know, just epilepsy warning.
0: And then, uh, okay, does episode two begin or does episode one end with Spawn trying to kill himself?
1: Uh let's see. Episode ends with or he trashing the church, sorry. He's trashing the church. Oh, okay. Uh so th- the next episode begins with Sam and Twitch.
0: Okay. All right. Um so he trashed the church and then we go right into episode 2. What's the episode 2? All
1: right. Uh, uh time? Episode 2 it's called the uh Twitch is down. Originally aired May 24th, 1999. Uh, Sam and Twitch are sent to investigate the man in the red cloak. Spawn reveals his true identity to Twitch, as well as the nature of the conspiracy that killed him. But the truth could prove deadly for Twitch. Yeah, I thought the
0: alley meeting between Twitch and Spawn was uh, pretty good, despite the fact of what happens later on to Twitch, uh, because of... Uh, them still investigating Chief Bank's connection to Billy Kincaid back in Season 1, as well Mm -hmm. as, obviously, now learning about the weapons that were found uh, are connected to the NSA, NSC, the National Security uh, Committee Central Agency.
1: Yeah, this episode really shows all those points that we were making about Twitch previously. That he's a sharpshooter, that he cannot be flapped whatsoever. Uh, Chapel... He you know, kind of lunges at him in one scene, and uh, twitches is, uh, you know, solid as a as a rock right there. Nothing's going to um, to waver him. But he's also not very smug about it either. Yeah, you know, he um, schools Sam on his uh, shooting of uh, the handgun, and he's just not smug about it.
0: No, um, yeah, so, Sam's sharpshooting ability is amazing. Like,
1: oh my god, yeah.
0: I mean, it, it, granted, this is just a cartoon. Um, and yes. even in the live-action or whatever, the actor would never be the one who took those shots to begin with. They would always be mm-hmm. blanks, and then the uh, the actual bullets would be shot by uh, stunt doubles who are licensed professional uh, marksmen or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how it all works out, but they don't – they're never they – the, it's <laughs> – I would love to see them do it in a way with an actor who is a, you know, uh, a a really good marksman in some way. Because it's just a thin animation. But uh, that's the way Twitch has always been. He's this amazing gunman versus Burke. uh, uh, Sorry. uh, Sorry. Sam Burke. Sam Sam Burke, who is just a complicated mess of a cop. (laughs) He's a good cop. He's not a cop on the take. He comes across as being like a, uh, a bad cop, but he's not. He's actually a pushover.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he cares about Twitch so much. that That's his partner, that's his friend.
0: It's and, the most uh, non-gay bromance ever. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, they compliment each other in, just like that nursery rhyme um, uh, with the uh, man can eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean. That's kind of what that partnership seems like to me it works it's for them but completely on the opposite ends of the spectrum in every way
0: did you get a chance to look up the uh, sam and twitch comic books i told you about that you should read because they are definitely um in my opinion and in a lot of people's opinion some of the best crime noir co- independent comic books ever written and again they were written by brian michael bendez who's currently now writing uh, superman
1: no, it's on my list to do. I was just so, so busy these last two weeks. Went to a zombie drive-in, saw Primus. So, yeah. It was it was a great two weeks, but way too busy to go to my local comic book store, Bad Me. Um, you can also probably
0: find them on Amazon or eBay. They most likely will probably get republished sometime soon, but we don't know whenever that when that Spawn movie is ever coming out. So, um, I know it has mm-hmm. a projected release date of sometime, probably in 2019, but, uh, in the meantime, instead of just waiting for Image to just republish them, definitely try and f- track them down on Amazon or eBay uh, and read them, because they're really quick reads and, and, in my opinion, some of the best uh, crime noir comics written um, in a long time.
1: Yeah, it's it, it checks off all those boxes for me, so I definitely have to check it out. So, in this episode... Uh... There's a there's a comment made about Twitch, uh, which I find just if I could use this in my everyday life I would. There's a hard bark on you for a little man. That's such a good line. And I think. Chapel says that on
0: him. Hmm. And uh, uh, Linda is continuing to look into. Or Linda, Lisa, Linda, Linda is continuing to look into. Lisa. 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 Lisa, 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 Lisa Wu. Lisa Wu is continuing to look into the killings, and that's when we begin to discover, um, the uh, that she's obviously somewhat different than uh, than we realized.
1: Yeah, she's not just a Washington Post reporter. Uh, She has some depth, and Spawn means a little bit more because you see this one scene where she's in um, kind of like a robe or a kimono type of thing and surrounding herself with candles and in this very ritualistic space. Nice, but uh, that's the first indication that she is more than what she seems. Yeah, we get a little bit more of that. We also also get a look at uh, Cleo... Cleo... I can never pronounce his name, uh, his house.
0: Yeah, he lives in the, um, he doesn't live in the church that Spawn keeps getting going into, but he seems to live like near it or underneath it or below the alleys, but he's basically got a mausoleum to all the former Hellspawns, including, um, you know, articles regarding his own old costume. Um, they don't go into a lot of detail in this cartoon about the Spawn costume being a living symbiote, uh, mm-hmm. It seems like Cogliastro just kind of cast it off himself. Um, obviously, not every one of the hell spawns is burned to death because you can die and go to Hell in many different ways. Al Simmons mm-hmm. just happened to be burned alive and died that way. So that's why he looks like the way he does. Yeah. Um Just because you go to Hell doesn't mean you're going to look like a burnt, you know, uh, burnt Bacharach. You're going to go to Hell however you died. If you died burnt up, that's how you're going to come back. If you're... Uh, shot, you're probably going to come back looking pretty normal.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd imagine it like that waiting room in Beetlejuice. You know, death is thats what looks like death for her, and that's what looks like death for him. You know, Spawn is burned, so therefore that's why he's uh, kind of gooey and crispy.
0: Chief Banks gets his orders from Jason Wynn to kill uh, Twitch and kind of fails miserably. I don't understand how a point-blank bullet to the head wouldn't kill you, but, I mean, I've heard that story happen to people before.
1: Yeah, But Twitch does
0: not die in this episode. Twitch does not die at all. Um, This
1: was a great Game of Thrones ending. You know, the the police chief shoots Twitch point-blank in the head, and then it says, to be continued. And you're like, oh, my God! Now I need to see the next episode. We
0: get, uh, we're basically leading up to, um, what happened in the comics where, uh, Banks just can't take it anymore and just takes his own life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just with
0: Sam and Twitch get the, uh, get the, uh, get what they need on him, uh, then he, it's, it's too late. It's kind of like the, the warden in the Shawshank Redemption. Okay. When Andy Dufresne gets out of jail, um like i think it's like a week later that he walks into the uh, the bank with a brand new identity yes and he yeah. he asks them by the way could you mail this with your outgoing mail um and it's the evidence that he's compiled against the uh the warden over the last the warden, 10 yeah years. and then
1: as soon as the warden feels that the heat is on he no, just it's takes not,
0: a, the... it it's not the heat he don't he gets that morning's newspaper well, yeah,
1: and then the cops arrive. Oh,
0: you say he feels the heat is on. The newspaper says right in the headline: "Corruption yes. at Shawshank." Yeah, yeah,
1: but he looks out his he looks out his oh, window. Oh, yeah, the police are on the way. The, the police way. cars yeah. arriving, and he's like, oh, "Okay," and then oh, you know, not the police,
0: out. not the police, the FBI. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. The, the FBI. With the power to prosecute.
0: Yes, yes, and the states and everything else, as well as probably. Um, uh, t- t- uh, I was going with someone with this. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I got it now. Shawshank, by the way, I bring this up because I just saw the trailer, Shawshank is the name of the prison that's going to be in the upcoming Castle Rock TV series on Hulu. Oh, really? Yeah, this huh. is going to be a... Stephen King kind of universe television series with actors like Bill Skarsgård, best known as playing the new version of Pennywise the Clown, as mm. this uh, prisoner who's locked up below Shawshank. And I like him. And Sissy Spacek, who plays this um, amnesic old woman who can't remember her past.
1: Interesting, okay.
0: Yeah, and there are many hints and many rumors that she could possibly pl- be playing... An older version of Carrie, who obviously, after the traumatic experiences of her powers and what she did to the high school and her mother, she blocked it out all out and doesn't remember her past. Huh. It's like, she has no memory of her childhood. Like, she's a woman who's been living, like, the way she has been for the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah. So she has no memory of her childhood, which, again, thinking about what Carrie did, you know, maybe she is playing an older version of Carrie.
1: Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm really looking that forward to it. That is a the main, scene.
0: The main character of this show, by the way, is going to be the writer character that was in um, uh, uh, Secret Window and The Dark Half. Secret Window
1: and
0: The Dark Half. The Dark Half um were was a, was a George Romero directed movie, and Secret Window was a movie starring Johnny Depp.
1: Okay. Well,
0: by the way, apparently everyone has been posting photos of Johnny Depp looking like death.
1: (laughs) Well, he is in his 60s, right?
0: No, he's in his 50s.
1: Really? Still? I gotta gotta Google that.
0: Alright. Anyway, long story short, apparently Johnny Depp's... uh, Well, he also... Everyone's pointing out, when was the last movie Johnny Depp has been in? And that was last year's Pirates of the Caribbean 5.
1: And that didn't actually
0: bring a lot of money. No, but you think he'd have other things lined up. Between you know, there would be other things coming out, but, but again, rumors are circulating that he is in some seriously bad health. So let's hope not. Okay. Anyway, long story short, because it's not a Johnny Depp podcast. I'm sure there is a Johnny Depp podcast <laughs> out there.
1: Yeah, and and by the way, you are right. He is 54 years old.
0: <laughs> ah, okay. I knew that to be true because I remember a few. I remember four years ago saying they they said Johnny Depp turns 50. Let's take a look at the that the billion dollar uh, moneymaker because they said that his films have grossed over two three billion dollars in total.
1: I, I believe it, but he just needs to stop working with Tim Burton. I'm I'm tired of that combination.
0: No, oh, him and Helen Bottom Carter. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> By the I, way, I, I used I to know fuck your wife. Tells, do you want to I be in it? They, a... they do good work, but just, I'm I'm tired of and it. And
0: that whole creepy thing. Hey, yeah, I used to fuck your wife. Now let's like <laughs> pretend to fuck your wife on screen or something, right? Don't yeah. Yep. Isn't that how that whole relationship? that's just weird? I just. Hey,
1: it's Hollywood. <sighs> Unconventional relationships are everywhere. And I would not doubt it that they are the best of friends, and maybe more. Who knows? But uh, and just you would having be the, to see them on screen at the same time.
0: And you nah. would be the pot calling the kettle black about unconventional relationships, wouldn't you?
1: Hey, I am free and open <laughs> about my about my life. No, but Johnny I'm saying, and Tim I'm, I'm having a three-way with Jennifer uh, with uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Like that's their business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I don't think they're having a three-way, but it's just, like, the weirdness of the whole thing. Um,
1: it, it is weird. It is weird. They both um, have shared
0: the same woman at one time or another in their lives, not at the same time. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, I'm just saying. It happens uh, <laughs> a
1: lot in the entertainment industry.
0: At one time or another, they both dated, or, or or you know, obviously Tim Burton is currently married to Helen Bonham Carter, and uh, they, you know they all work together and uh you know they
1: yes they work together and they need to stop working together
0: yeah definitely that's
1: that's my point
0: again there's a hard there's probably a tim burton podcast out there this is not it let's move on to episode three (laughs)
1: okay okay all right uh episode three seed of the hellspawn originally aired May 25th, 1999. And by C to the Hellspawn, we mean that Spawn fucks his
0: wife in Terry's body and gets her pregnant, which we don't find out until later on in the series, but that's basically what happens. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Okay, uh, again,
0: no explanation about why Spawn is looking like the way he is. He goes to visit Granny, with Cyan there, and Cyan's like, Hey, it's me, remember me? You're the sad man. Granny's like, It's you, Al, I know it's you, you're an angel now. And that is a big plot point in the comics for a long time, that Granny sees Spawn as an angel, and Spawn goes to her for advice, because she's blind, she can't actually see him the way he is. So,
1: Yeah, it, it's a classic trope. You know, the blind person can see you way more than than they should.
0: And also, we find out that um, uh, Spawn is blamed for, by the way, this is the end of the previous episode, and carries over to this episode, Spawn is being blamed for Twitch's attempted murder yes which he does live but he has no memory of the situation but that's all going to get cleared up in another episode we'll talk about later on but twitch has got some uh you know he's got some gaps or whatever because they're uh the uh the bullet shattered upon the impact of where he got shot but there's still peace lodged in there um so it's making him a little wonky and and burke has been by his bedside the entire time
1: yeah yeah, like like a great partner, he's been there, been concerned about him. And slowly, over the course of the episode, Twitch does remember um, more and more details. And so, like, by the end, they're vowing to get revenge on, on uh, you know, whoever hurt him. And at this point, Twitch still can't remember that specific memory. Uh, but I want to talk about Terry and the form that uh, Spawn takes on to fuck Wanda. I mean, I don't
0: understand why he wanted to do that.
1: The one thing that I want to talk about here is Spawn raping his ex-wife Wanda using the uh, vision of Terry. So he transforms himself into Terry just so that Wanda will have sex with him, which is the most evil, like inconsiderate, trickster way to get someone in bed. And is there any wonder why he's going? Why he's connected to hell? Like he thinks that things like this are acceptable, and that if if Wanda really found out by you know talking to Terry that it was Al Simmons fucking her, like that is a mind fuck. I mean, over and above actually being fucked.
0: Now, now, uh, Mister Zeneca, don't you know this is a different time? Those rules don't apply. In, uh... They
1: always applied. <laughs>
0: When did this episode air? Uh, uh, hold 1999.
1: on, hold on. May 25th,
0: 1999. Which, by the way, this was when the Phantom Menace came out. People.
1: <laughs> it was a dark. It was a dark. It is a dark
0: time. We have time we have cons my- we have consensual non consensual raping of your ex wife, and we have is one of the worst.
1: We have one of the revenge of the nerds level. Uh, rapey tricksterism
0: And for anyone who happened to go see Solo In the last two weeks A certain character from Solo Made his first appearance in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace
1: I have not seen Solo yet So please don't ruin
0: it Okay, I won't say any more But there is a character that has been in Star Wars And is a very big character That shows up in Solo And a lot of fans lost their minds But didn't, a lot of fans Don't watch Clone Wars and Rebels And didn't understand what that meant So Uh, By the way, do you know who plays uh, Jade? I think we've mentioned this in a previous episode.
1: Uh, Refresh my memory.
0: Ming-Na Wen, best best known as playing um, one of the most beautiful actresses, in my opinion. Uh, You can check her IMDb page out to see what she looks like. But she's best known for playing Melinda May on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the last five seasons.
1: Ooh, nice,
0: yes. And she was Phyla Vell on Guardians of the Galaxy, the uh, animated series. But, before mm-hmm. that, she was best known for playing Mulan in the Mulan movie by Disney. Ooh. That's, uh, that's a hell of a credit. And if you really want to give her some credit, she was best known for playing Chun-Li in this Street Fighter movie starring Jean-Claude Van Damme in the, la- the late, great Raul Juliet.
1: <laughs> Thighs of steel. Thighs of steel.
0: But, most people know her nowadays as playing Agent Melinda May, the hard-ass, kick-ass uh, agent from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um... She was also, uh, for you queer folk out there, uh, best known for playing a senator, uh, Camelia Ray, in the Stargate universe. She was a lesbian character on that show. And as far as I'm aware, the first lesbian character in the Stargate franchise.
1: That's impressive.
0: Yes, this was back in 2009, 2011. Uh, and yeah, we actually
1: end the, the episode with her having sex and then therefore killing Genghis Khan.
0: Yes, she was Genghis Khan's old um, assassin, I guess.
1: Yeah, something like
0: that. I guess she was like the Xena on the top of her day.
1: You know, she was the lover, the fighter, the assassin, the muse. Yeah, anything horrible that an evil man wants to project onto her, she was happy to do that so she could get close and then kill him off. Uh, my
0: f- One of my favorite memories of Genghis Khan um, happens to be from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they ticed Genghis Khan into the phone booth with a Twinkie.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, I always thought that presentation w- had to be more than 20 minutes long to get through all those historical figures.
0: You can actually, uh, if you buy the Blu-ray for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure... Uh, and Bogus Journey, the two, the two d- double disc uh, with all the bonus material, there's uh-huh. no, there's an interview with the actor who plays Genghis Khan on that.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, uh, not really relevant to this, but hell, we could cover the TV series in time for the movie to come out. Bill and Ted, uh, the new Bill and Ted movie don't, has been greenlit. Don't green say lit. it,
1: don't say it, don't want, the new, I, I have a childhood I don't want ruined.
0: The new Bill and Ted movie has been greenlit. I
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad. Why is that sad? Why is it sad? Because they're going to be old! Because I'm old! And, you know, that that was a beloved, funny, kooky thing that had, you know, some sort of pull in, in our youth. And now they're going to try to go back? You can never go back!
0: Yeah, you can never it, go it back. starts filming this January.
1: Oh my god.
0: Uh, they obviously have been delayed on a lot because of uh, Keanu Reeves' resurgence in popularity due to the John Wick films. Uh, which there is a third John Wick film currently in development. Um, But Bill and Ted Face the Music begins filming in January, and when that movie comes out, we will cover Bill and Ted, the TV series, which only lasted for one season. Hopefully it will be out on DVD and Blu-ray by the time uh, the third movie comes out, because it's never been released, uh, but ran for one season, and uh, actually stars as as, uh, Bill's mom, stepmom, Missy, um a uh the uh the a- the actress who played Alice from the f- Nightmare on Elm Street part 4 and 5. Hmm,
1: okay. All
0: right. Well, that's pretty much it for the episodes of uh, Spawn the animated series episodes 1, 2 and 3 season 3, The Ultimate Battle. I don't have any other notes. Uh not really big body count, so that's not really that necessary and you got your yeah. sex in this episode by Spawn Non-consensually doing his wife.
1: Yeah, uh, he raped his wife, and then Jade actually has some sex with Genghis Khan, and there's a full frontal shot of her a little earlier in that episode.
0: Yes, there was some full frontal nudity of Wanda. We get a lot of Wanda nudity on the cartoon series. I don't remember correctly, and I I might be wrong, but uh, I don't remember Wanda ever being drawn nude in the comic book.
1: I don't remember seeing her nude at all. I have I have the uh, first two trade paperbacks. I don't think she was nude in any, in any of that.
0: And I don't think she I don't think uh, Angela was I'm pretty damn sure Angela was never nude. There is almost very little nudity or no nudity at all in the Spawn comics. It's usually like a lot of TNA cleavage shots, but uh including mm-hmm. Wanda's, but not nude or It's like in shadow or something, but it's never like as full frontal as it is on this cartoon series, which is pretty interesting. So, well,
1: it is HBO, so
0: yeah, but it's
1: not TV. It's HBO. But we'll
0: be back in uh, two weeks with um, uh, after this episode is posted. We'll be back from two weeks when this episode posts to finish with a
1: thrilling conclusion. The thrilling
0: conclusion of Spawn the animated series, and then we will do on the film Dungeon commentary, Spawn the movie.
1: The movie. And oh,
0: then we will return to Friday the 13th, the TV series, on a somewhat weekly schedule.
1: Yes. We need to get through those episodes.
0: Yeah. We will be on Friday the 13th, the TV series, until January of 2019. Because that's how long it's going to take you to get through the next two seasons. And then in January, uh, quick break, and then we'll return for um, uh, Witchblade, the series. So Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mr. Zeneca. You can find us on our individual Twitters, Chris D S A V at sorry Chris DSAV, or you can also email me at uh, radiohar at gmail dot com, and you can also leave a rating on iTunes if you so wish.
1: You can find me at my Twitter account at at elegantly Kinky.
0: Uh, and you can also uh, find us on a couple of other platforms like Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, Just type in The Dead TV Podcast on those, or go to our Facebook page, and we have links up for Stitcher and Google Play there as well.
1: And be sure to give us a review. Yes, give us a review
0: and rating. Don't just listen to us on our website. We appreciate the website downloads or links or or plays, which is fine, but um, if you leave us a review on iTunes, that helps bump it up in some capacity in some way, so... If you are a local business and you'd like to help support the Dead TV podcast and get sponsorship on the Radio Horror Network, on the Dead TV podcast or Supernatural Creatures and Lore, please let me know at thatradiohorror at gmail.com and you can join Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts. You can join them as being one of our sponsors. Thank Thank you very much, everybody, and have a good night.
1: Thank you and good night.